Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We are super excited to have a conversation about a film that we have been following since South by Southwest and is uh, now making its run at the Docklands Documentary Film Festival. We're sitting down with producer Suhad Baba of the film Boycott. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me, Angela. Yeah. uh, Can you introduce the film to our audience, please? Absolutely. Um, So Boycott chronicles the stories of a news publisher in Arkansas, a lawyer and attorney um, in in Arizona, and a speech pathologist in Texas, all of whom, when confronted with um, the choice between their jobs and their principles, choose to sue their respective states um, for the anti-boycott laws that are currently in place in their states. Um, so we follow Mick Jordahl, uh, Alan Leverett, and Bahia Amawi as they tag team with ACLU and the Council on American Islamic Relations um, to challenge um, the anti-boycott laws, which require them to sign a pledge that certifies that they do not engage in boycotts of the state of Israel in order to have their jobs as public contractors with their respective states. Yeah, no big deal. (laughs) That was a mouthful. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and there's so many places we can start with this film, but I think on the heels of the White House Correspondents' Dinner that just Mm -hmm. happened, I I just kind of want to get into, I don't know if irony is the right word, but the use of the term patriot and patriotism in this country and how it's become this thing of America's the best and country. If you don't like it, get out. When, when in actuality, what's supposed to make our country great is that we have freedom of speech and freedom to dissent and boycott without repercussions. So um, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on when this shift changed, when the narrative changed and, and how we get that back. That's a good question. Um, you know, so our team at Just Vision, um, we're a team of filmmakers, we're journalists, we're human rights advocates, um, and we have been following the stories of largely Palestinians and Israelis who have been um, fighting for a rights-respecting and just reality in Israel-Palestine. Um, several years ago, we started to notice that um, countries like the U.S. and like Europe and European countries began to adopt and mirror strategies that have been used to silence dissenting voices in Israel-Palestine in places like the United States and Europe. And when that started to happen, we knew that we had to expand our aperture and our lens um, and bring our our storytelling stateside for the first time. Um, This film is directed by Julia Basha, who's my um, partner in All Good Trouble. Um, And, and, um, And so this is her first film coming stateside. And the reason that we wanted to come stateside was both because we knew for anyone who's concerned with Palestinian rights, this is deeply concerning um, and a direct attempt to silence Palestinian rights advocates and anyone who critiques Israeli policy. Um, But we also saw the writing on the wall. Um, We knew 
fairly early on that if if um, these laws can be used to silence activists and advocates who are concerned um, by what's happening in Israel-Palestine, you can easily modify it to do the same on multiple issue areas. And so um, that was back, you know, circa 2014, 2015, when we started tracking these bills. Um, and sadly, um, in the last year, in spring 2021, we started to see states like Oklahoma, like Texas, North Dakota, several others, who began to adopt anti-boycott bills that punish companies who are boycotting the fossil fuels industries, um, as well as the firearms and ammunitions industries. And so we're seeing that template and Pandora's box come to life. And I think the important thing to be paying attention to here, you know, democracy, you don't lose your rights overnight. We don't lose our rights overnight. It's a slow chipping away. Um, and when we allow um, one community or one issue area to be targeted, it quickly can kind of replicate across issue areas. And so, um, you know, I think I think for us, part of the reason that we wanted to, to make sure that this story was highlighted was both because of what's happening in this country and how um, quickly we're seeing norms change around some basic fundamentals like free speech and our right to boycott, which certainly has been a tool in social movements across time and context from apartheid South Africa to the U.S. civil rights movement to even the founding mythology of the United States on the boycott of British tea. Um, and we also believe that, you know, if we don't have our right to protest, if we don't have our right to boycott, um, at the end of the day, those of us who want to advance our societies and make sure that we're creating change and a better future for our children and for those you know around us, we simply won't have the tools at it, at our in our arsenal anymore. And so um, this was critical for us. I'll also just say, you know, Angela, just to add on, that part of what we've seen in the making of boycott is that these laws have largely, in our view, been able to pass with little to no public scrutiny. I mean, that 33 states have passed these bills, right? And just as a, as a reminder, these bills, there have been attempts to bring them to the federal congressional level as well. You know, earlier versions of these bills um, even included criminalizing um, up to 20 years people who would boycott the state of Israel. Um, that this is happening with uh, little public scrutiny should concern us. And part of the reason that we created this film, part of the reason that we're, um, we've, we launched in New York City in November 2021, and we've been on tour across the country, South by Southwest in Texas, Arizona, Montana, Ohio, Georgia, California coming up, is really because we want to sound the alarm and we want people to be paying attention and start really asking ourselves, what does it mean that we're letting our governments, whether it's states or beyond, tell us what we can think and believe, tell us what our po political opinions ought to be and condition employment on that. I actually had a, a different question in terms of um, finding the stories that you were telling. So, um, with Mick, Bahia, and Alan, how for how forthcoming were they about their stories? And also, Bahia's family was so involved in the whole um, conversation. Can you talk about um, their children and her husband wanting to be on camera, maybe not wanting to be on camera? That's a great question. Um, so, Alan, Mick, and Bahia are exactly as you see them on screen. They are just such courageous community leaders um, who knew right away in each of their cases that what they were confronting was wrong and that it wasn't just wrong for them. It would be wrong for um, it's wrong for others who are having to sign these pledges, right? You learn from 
um, Brian House, the ACLU attorney in the film that, you know, we don't know the exact number, but it's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands and more who have had to sign these kind of pledges in their contracts to date, um, but also for their children. Um, and, you know, you hear really clearly in Bahia's story um, that she feels that this is about her children at the end of the day, you know, and, and making sure her children both have the, the role model in her um, to fight for her rights, both as a Palestinian, but also as an American citizen. Um, and also, um, and, 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 and takes them on the journey with her. You know, I think one of the things that, um, you know, at one part in the film, and for those of you who are listening, I really hope you see the film on the big screen with us this weekend at Docklands. Um, but at one part, part of the film, um, when Bahia goes to court, um, her children actually say to her, you know, can we come with you? And um, both um, she and her husband uh, recognize this as an important educational opportunity. And so despite wanting to protect them from the public square and the public kind of scene of all of this, um, decides to take them to court. And, and that's a really important um, kind of juncture in her journey with the story. Thank you for reminding our listeners, and uh, especially because this is showing in Marin County. California is one of these states that has passed these anti-boycott mm -hmm. laws. FYI, mm -hmm. our local state is one yep. of them. So, so watch this film and, and step up because this is happening in our own backyard. Um, but one, one of the more powerful parts of the film for me was also when you speak to uh, Rabbi Barry Block, mm -hmm. who... Yes completely disagrees with this bill. I, th I think it was so important to see it from his perspective as well. And I'm curious to know if uh, if he was hesitant to be part of this film, if he's gotten any pushback from his community for speaking out against, against these anti-boycott bills. Rabbi Barry Block was such a pleasure to sit down with in Arkansas. Um, as you noted, Angela, he is um, uh, the rabbi of the largest synagogue in the state of Arkansas. And he fundamentally disagrees with these bills. Now, why is that significant, right? Um, as you know, Senator Bart Hester, who you also meet in the film, who's the majority leader of the GOP <laughs> in Arkansas, um, goes goes you know passes and brings forward the anti boycott law in the name of protecting the Jewish people, and yet here he is. Um, failing to consult with the rabbi of the largest synagogue in his state. Um, and, and that, I think, says something, right? When you have uh, politicians and political leaders claiming to do something on behalf of a community, but failing to consult with them, that's, that's telling of how politics are playing out in our backyards today. Um, and importantly for us, it was, you know, Rabbi Block represents, I think, um, a lot of Jewish communities who say, wait a second, we don't agree with these bills. And what you're seeing across the country is that these are being passed um, by, you know, folks like Senator Bart Hester, <laughs> um, who is a fundamentalist right wing, uh, right winger who is very open about um, passing these laws based on his Christian evangelical faith, right? And a biblical, literal reading of the Bible. And so um, this was, you know, this dynamic was important for us to kind of lift up. It was also important for us to make sure that we highlight um, communities that are standing up against these laws and making sure that there's a platform for them to be heard, uh, particularly when you have those in power um, pretending as though they don't exist, right? And, and that's really important to us. I thought the conversation between him, Bart, and then the Democratic 
uh, I don't remember his name, politician. Greg, Greg Letting. Greg in in the hallway. Yeah. was really insightful in terms of, well, we just pass a lot of bills and we don't really read. And I'm like, uh, (laughs) personally, as someone who's someone involved and and likes to read and, and tries to be up, you know, up to date on what's going on, it felt I felt something about that. Um, totally so I actually <laughs> just like, okay, cool. Glad you're representing people. Um, right. I actually had a question about Abigail Disney being a producer on this film. I think that's interesting because she also has a film coming out for, I think it was at South by, we didn't get to see it yet. We're hoping to, but just wondering how she jumped on and what her interest is in this film. That's right. Um, Abigail Disney has been a close partner and Fork Films has been a close partner in a number of our productions. Um, so they helped us um, and, and Abby also executive produced Nyland Uprising, which was the last film Julia and I worked on together at Just Vision. Um, and uh, that film was part of the Women, War and Peace 2 series, which aired on PBS nationally. So we have a close relationship um, with Abby and the team at Fork Films. Um, they were also one of um, the early believers in the story um, and helped us um, both, you know, in, in production and post-production. Um, so it was really a no-brainer to, to tag team with Abby on this one. Um, and it's been wonderful to have her longtime commitment and support given the many issues that she's paying attention to and fighting for. Other than going to see this film, what is your call to action for people? Because like we said, we, we could talk about Oklahoma and Texas you know, all day, but us in California as well, what do we need to do moving forward? First and foremost, um, we really want to help equip audiences with what's happening in their backyards. Again, so many people don't know um, about these anti-boycott laws or what they're all about and who they're targeting and who they impact. So come to the screening on Sunday. Um, May 8th at Zocklands um, so that you can see the film. Um, the second thing is that, you know, really starting to raise this question with your political leaders um, around, do you know about these bills and what are you doing about it? Um, I think is a really crucial question so that they know that people are paying attention. And you, you know, Aaron, you talked about that interaction with Greg Letting, right? Um, he, you know, went on to say that he passes a gazillion laws, as you said, he doesn't look at them. He had no one educating on the other side is what he claims and alleges. And so let's make sure that that's not possible. Let's make sure that um, there are others who are talking to them um, and raising these issues of concern. And then I think there's, you know, we're at a crucial moment in, I think, the United States more broadly. Angela, you talked about how all of these concepts are getting lost, right? That are fundamental to who we are and these democratic practices. This is a good time to be, you know, really digging in and educating and um, uh, reclaiming our narratives, you know? And, and that looks like bringing stories like boycott into classrooms, um, your universities, uh, your community centers, your congregations, your living rooms. Um, and we want to do that with you. So we're going to be, we're building out educational tools and discussion guides for this film. We're launching a community and educational campaign in the fall of 2022. Um, this is part of a three-year campaign with this film. So we're not going anywhere. Um, and if you are moved and interested in, in bringing us out or getting these resources into your community, um, we want to be working with you. So check us out at www.justvision.org. Um, email us at info at justvision.org um, and we'll make sure to sync with you and, and get you equipped with what you need. 
Well, well, thank you so much. Uh, Boycott is why documentaries, why we need documentaries in our lives. Thank you for shining a light on such an important issue. Again, we've been speaking to director Suhad Baba of the documentary Boycott. Uh, It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Angela and Aaron. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. <laughs>